I'm an alligator I'm a mama, papa coming for you I'm a space invader I'll be a rock and rolling bitch for you Keep your mouth shut Just walk like a big monkey bird And I'm busting up a brain for the world Hello ladies and gents, welcome you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 50-5-0, covering New Comic Book Day, April 13th. Thanks for joining in and all the fun, and please tell a friend. And if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sunspots Comics, and check out Facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics, where you can see some of the things I post, and all of the new information, new stuff coming up for Zombie Destroyers, and all the comic books that I review, etc. It's all there, so check us out. And hey, do you want to win the first ever Sunspots Comics comic book mystery box worth about 75 to maybe 100 bucks? Well, if you'd like your chance at winning, just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a five-star review on iTunes, and that's it. You're automatically entered in to potentially win a box of comic book goodness. That's right. The winner will be announced May 4th, so may the 4th be with you, and good luck. Quickly, a couple things on my nerd brain or... One thing on my nerd brain is a game I'm playing on the Nintendo 3DS, and I've been obsessed with it. It's a game that came out March 2013, so yeah, it's been out for a while. Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate. That's quite a mouthful for a Nintendo 3DS title. Fantastic game. It didn't get reviewed all that well, honestly, but I am digging it. It actually has quite a deep story involved with the generations of people involved in the Castlevania story. And 3D effect is actually very simple, very clean. I enjoy it. It uh, doesn't uh, bug you, get in your face, or just become too gimmicky. And I tell you, I'm actually enjoying it. It's that, it's that classic, traditional 2D style side-scroller, but every now and then they throw in... Uh, front-facing 3D element, so I'm, I'm digging it. So if you have a 3DS, go purchase, rent, buy, whatever, trade in some old crappy games, and get Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate. It's fantastic. It's really good. And let's quickly jump into the listener mailbag. This one is from Michael Norris. Hey, Michael Norris, how you doing? And he writes in, Aloha Sunspotter. <laughs> I like that, Aloha. He knows I'm Hawaiian. While summer is approaching... I start planning my summer reading. I was wondering what's on your summer reading list. Past summers, I've read runs of Guardians of the Galaxy, Aquaman. This year, it's looking like Flash Volume 2. Thank you and keep reading, Michael. So, that's cool. I'm not the biggest Flash fan. I know you are, Michael. In the past, it's let me down. (laughs) But some of the new stuff may be rebirth. I'm going to give it a try. I'm always optimistic, so I'm going to try the Flash out when it comes in rebirth so but summer reading i've actually pulled aside the entire omnibus the complete collection of calvin and Hobbes. that just has that americana feel that summertime feel of the kid and that crazy tiger imaginary friend that he has and i've read smatterings of it here and there throughout the years and i bought that two hardbound edition omnibus with the every single calvin and Hobbes panel ever written and that is what's going to be my summer reading. So that's just a feel-good, warm and fuzzy, you know, just uh, have a nice cup of coffee and a, and a chuckle or two. So that's what I'm expecting with my summer reading with Calvin and Hobbes. So if you haven't read Calvin and Hobbes, you need to put it in your life immediately. 
<laughs> and a quick uh, shout out. I wanted to say hello to someone that is qualified to win our mystery comic book box and that has been just sending nothing but positive energy and positive vibes. He has even written us a beautiful iTunes shout out blurb and that's Josh Browning. Hey Josh and follow him. Check him out. Check out his Instagram at Josh underscore watches underscore movies and he's new to comics which is very cool and I, I, I want to have you on the podcast in the future so I'd love to see your, your, your hear your perspective on just jumping into the realm of comics. I mean me I've been doing it uh, since 1901 so it's I've been doing it for a while <laughs> but uh, even I have to read your uh, his blurb an awesome listen for anyone in the comic scene. Great look at new comics on the shelves and interesting comic news from around the world. This is a great podcast for anyone just getting into comics or people that have just been reading all their lives. For me, someone who is just really getting into the comic scene, I love listening. It's informative and thoroughly entertaining. Great job. Thanks, Josh. You know what? That kind of positiveness just fuels me, keeps me going, and also makes me humble and makes me just strive to be a little bit better every time I put a podcast together. So... Thank you so much, Josh, and I'll be reaching out to you to maybe be a guest on the podcast, and I will um, also put your entry in. Thank you very much for following us on all the social media, joining me on Facebook, everything. You've been doing what uh, I wish everyone would do, (laughs) but thank you, Josh, and I really appreciate all your positive energy, so right back at (laughs) you. Also, a thank you to my son, Justin. Follow him on Instagram at JustLAKings. For his work on our blog, he actually has one coming out on Monday that uh, is about Star Wars Rebels, the which I'm I'm actually looking forward to reading this because I have been toying with watching that as well. So it's uh, the uh, uh, I know it was on the um, the Disney whatever it was the XD and I just didn't check it out and I uh, hate myself for that. So I want to go back and check it out. Want to watch it on Blu-ray or Netflix or wherever it is. And uh, I'm going to check that out. So check out Justin writing our blog for Sunspot Comics. Again, it's blog.sunspotscomics.com. So thanks again, Justin. Appreciate it. And I'm actually writing a comic book. Holy moly. That's so awesome. I'm doing the writing and Jordan Hudson, friend of mine, is doing the art. Follow him on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. And it's Zombie Destroyers is the name of it. And it's going to be a ton of fun. They have powers Yet, they're in the zombie apocalypse, and they aren't just running. They're, they're trying to thrive. They have a mission. And it's going to be a ton of fun. We, he just finished drawing pages 5 and 6, which I picked up. And I'm working on writing and finalizing page 7 still. Kind of re-sculpting it. But check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. It's lovely. It's fantastic. It's not a whole lot, but peek in every so often. And I'm going to be starting to... I already shared page 1, so check it out if you haven't seen it on all the social media. And I'll be putting more on zombiedestroyers.com in the very near future. So very cool. I'm actually in it. I'm doing it. Chasing the dream. Doing a comic book. Oh, it's so rewarding. I can't even tell you. Just uh, makes the heart go pitter-patter every single time. So with all that uh, aside, thank you so much. Let's jump right into podcast number 50. I can't believe it's number 50. This podcast started back in May of 2015, and it has been an absolute blast. And... Either way, I'm buying these comic books, so I thought, why not share it with the world? That was ultimately what how this came about. And I'd been really listening to a ton of podcasts, and I said, you know, it, how hard could it be? I'm going to look into it. Well, it's a little more involved than I thought, but I'm doing it. I get a little bit better with it. 
uh, I've tried a few different microphones. It just the, even the audio quality. I know if you go back and listen from episode one, issue one, I've come I've come a, quite a way. I think. <laughs> but anyway, I always strive to just get a little bit better. But thank you all for listening. Thanks for supporting, and it's been a whole ton of fun. Here's to 50 more. <laughs> so without further ado, so all you Sunspots Comics podcast listeners, let's assemble. <laughs> So quickly, some uh, comic book news and articles that I've been enjoying this week. I have one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. What is that? Well, I think you know what it is. It's just fun, happy, makes my nerd heart warm up kind of articles that are a little off the beaten path. And this first one is about Gerard Way. He is the creator of Umbrella Academy from Dark Horse. That was a few years ago. Fantastic indie comic line that is out of this world reprinted multitudes of times in many languages if you haven't seen umbrella academy by gerard way check it out i've talked about it numerous times on the podcast he was in my chemical romance romance i enjoyed his music as well even his solo work was fantastic he's a fantastic artist and writer primarily big news is that he's taking over dc comics new sort of sort of imprint they're calling it kind of like Vertigo, which is also kind of like the image title lines, uh, called Young Animal. And he's jumping right into doing the writing for Doom Patrol, which is great. Already kind of a splash picture of it, of course. And I couldn't be more excited about this. I really am behind anything that he does. And it doesn't really say with various articles online that he's head manning the project per se, but it does look like he's going to be the lead writer that is keeping the continuity together of this imprint of DC, kind of a spin-off of the rebirth happening, and they, they do say it's going to be more adult-driven. It's definitely probably taking the model of Image Comics and kind of running with that. So I'm very, very excited. Can't wait to see more of just Gerard Way doing comic books. So very, very exciting. So that's uh, my one and only comic book feel-good factoid freebie. So there you go. Hope you enjoy that. And next up... I have two! What is that? What? what? Did you hear that? That's right. That's my spider sense tingling. <laughs> I have two articles that made my spider sense tingle this week. And this first one was on a multitude of sites, and I picked four or five of them that all relatively cover the same vein. Of course, I share all my articles on social media, so you'll see them on sunspotscomics.com uh, and all the social media for Sunspots Comics at Sunspots Comics. And. This uh, one is from a site called QZ.com. The, it's titled, If There Really Are Genetic Superheroes, They're Going to Be Difficult to Find. And this ties into another article from TheAtlantic.com that says, 13 anonymous, ge- an- an- anonymous genetic superheroes walk among us. Or do they? And then another one uh, from Inquisitor.com. New study says genetic superheroes live among us and they could keep could help the sick. So ultimately what these four or five different websites this, I've seen this article in various places are saying is that there was about 600,000 people tested for sort of genetic anomalies. Where these 600,000 people were tested and how and why, and it, it's unclear really on that, but ultimately 15,000 people made the cut that they should have heavy diseases and heavy disorders, but they don't. And they shrank that down to just 13. So they have a genetic disposition to have hardcore diseases, but for some reason, they just don't. They're a genetic anomaly. 
isn't that crazy that they've zeroed it down to 13 X-Men? I mean, 13 people that <laughs> have this genetic anomaly that for some reason they don't have a ton of hardcore diseases that they should based on their genetic disposition, and yet they're perfectly healthy. Kind of reminds me of that movie Invincible, right? Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. I know that a lot of people didn't dig that, but I really enjoyed that movie. It's It was sort of, in its own way, kind of the first of many to take the realistic approach of sort of a comic book movie and so it's happening there are 13 anonymous uh, 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 I can't say that word anonymous people <laughs> that are out there in the world right now that could be listening to this podcast that are genetic genetic anomalies so very interesting they uh, they there could be super superheroes already walking among us so very cool and the second one is about China it's from techtimes.com the, in 2015, Chinese scientists reportedly successfully edited the human genome using this new technology, which they even initially tried making some genes HIV-resistant, and then they've gone even as, as far as actually just doing various sort of undisclosed experiments on splicing DNA. So yeah, they're doing it. They had... Uh, 213 donated fertilized human embryos and they from 87 patients it even says here and so China's just moving forward it's crazy Britain has also jumped in here the UK did some things but uh, they're really leaping forward with their genetic testing and splicing of genes and testing them and making them disease resistant etc so China is is yeah with the very first Superheroes could come right from China. Who knows? <laughs> they have the numbers. We'll see what happens. But crazy. Those are my two Spider-Sense tingling articles this week. So I hope you enjoyed those. So now, on to my favorite part of the podcast, which is me. I read a ton of comics. I review them. I pick my favorites of the week. And spoiler alert, I do read them. I try not to spoil everything and give you every single nook and cranny. But I do spoil some stuff. So you have been warned. Spoiler warning. And... I tell you, if you want to see the giant list of comics that I pull every month, go to sunspotscomics.com, click on click on pull list, and this week I read 19 and 10 of them, which is awesome. 10 made my favorites of the week, which is fantastic. Past the 50% mark, which I'm always looking to hit, so it did it. 10 made the favorites, 19 this week for April 13th, new comic book day. These are my recommendations, so please buy them on paper. Go out to your local comic book shop. Tell them Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. Buy them immediately on paper. And I tell you, you will not be disappointed. These are my favorites. The top picks. It was tough to pick them all. It was a great week of comics. 19. The first thing I think is, ooh, that's daunting. But these were easy, fast reads. Because they were all just so good and enthralling and engaging and emotional and intense. And it was just a... And fun, also. Just a great mix and diverse week of comics so very 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 fantastic week and i always like to pick an art winner and a cover winner and once again it was one and the same person tyler crook he did harrow county number 11 it was one of my favorites of the week so i'll be discussing it later but the art here is solid consistent the warmth in the cheeks and the sort of blushiness in the skin gives this realistic effect it's it's fun it's realistic but cartoony the lighting is very dark and creepy and then there's just this glorious light all of a sudden it's just truly inspirational there's a plethora of emotions on the face 
on all the faces. So, wow. I mean, it must be so challenging to, to write it. It has this sort of watercolory look to it. It's gorgeous. It's fantastic. A-plus all the way. It's been consistent. I'll be sad when Harrow County is over because it's consistently made favorites of the week almost every week since it's been out since last year. And also, there's a three number ones this week. I always like to highlight them. Black Road, House of Penance, Hot Damn, which Black Road, House of Penance made the favorites. Hot Damn did not. And Moon Knight, which also did. It's sort of a num number one. It's a new number one from Moon Knight, but it also made the favorites of the pick. So 3.5 new number ones. I always like to highlight, the, highlight those, of course, because of that extra little bit of hope they have. So here we go. Last spoiler alert. So coming in at number 10. From Marvel Comics, Star Wars, C-3PO. It's a one-shot. Written by Robinson. Which which Robinson is it, right? There's a ton of Robinsons. But you know, they, I think when they put the, uh, the, the credits, not at the front, but kind of at the very, very back. So here we go. James Robinson. So yes, he just did uh, some lovely work in that indie series of his. Artist Tony Harris. I love Tony Harris's work. He did Ex Machina. A while back which is gorgeous he draws c-3po here in a very cartoony style this is the phantom limb the story of in episode 7 c-3po's red limb his red arm his red left arm why is it red well this is a cool journey a little story I c-3po isn't one of my favorite characters in Star Wars but this was just kind of fun to have a little backstory I looked it up as well JJ Abrams Seems like he may have come up with just the red arm just because he likes to put random red things in movies, in his movies. So there was probably real nothing really heavy behind it, but he just gave it to Marvel slash Disney and said, you know, come up with a one-shot backstory. That's kind of what I gathered from a few articles here and there about this. And here we go in this story where C-3PO is on this ship and they are transporting sort of an evil robot to have his... Uh, to be interrogated or his memory wiped clean to find out where Admiral Akbar is. So we have to, uh, they, you know, explain that Ad Admiral Akbar is uh, being detained somewhere and this sort of evil robot has information as to where Admiral Akbar is. It's a trap! That's right. So the, it, their ship crash lands, but the droids make it. All humanoid figures are toast. They don't show that part of it. <laughs> but the five. Droids walk away from this ship, and uh, it's kind of a road trip. I just love road trip stories, and this is a road trip uh, with droids, and it's quite a trip. <laughs> but they all have sort of a function, except for C-3PO who translates. But there's a construction bot, there's, a, there's an army bot, there's a healer bot, and there is the evil bot <laughs> in C-3PO uh, who, who can translate stuff. <laughs> but... It's it's an interesting sort of journey. They run into some trouble with some some spider aliens. You gotta see this page, gruesome looking spider aliens. They gotta come together. This this strange little ragtag group of droids out in the middle of uh, this crazy alien planet, and they're fighting these spider spider monsters off. The uh, construction bot's gonna make a bridge, transforms, roll out. But uh, they are in some trouble here, and. The interesting part about it, the hook, was the evil bot that's going to be interrogated is a sort of change of heart. C-3PO unwillingly sort of has a conversation with this robot, and he sort of says, yeah, that's not my programming, I don't have to do what they tell me, and has this sort of moment of 
artificial intelligence. And that's all I want to tell you about it. Because it's a fun space trip with droids. C-3PO is uh, very likable in this, which I enjoyed. Because uh, I'm not a big fan of C-3PO, I guess. I mean, he's cool. He's whatever. But that's my number 10. Very, very good. And the art is cartoony style from Tony Harris. A little bit of a departure from his normal stuff, but gorgeous nonetheless. And coming in at number 9 is the Autumn Lands, number 10. We haven't, uh, I haven't discovered this in a while, but it's been, it's been good. Maybe not great, but this one takes it to that great level. And this is from Kurt Busick, the writer, Benjamin Dewey, the artist, and beautiful coloring, Jordi Belair. This initially shows like this Greek sort of god statue on the top of a mountain that's glowing. It looks like it's about to explode, and you leave that alone. And again... Kind of a adventure trip with a humanoid slash dog-like anthropomorphic character that is a... He's like that dog from Target. I don't know what kind of dog that is. It escapes me. And this being who is the chosen one that looks like he's from Earth in a far, not too far distant future. He likes to use the F word. Just randomly. And no one else, uh, none of the anthropomorphic creatures on this planet seem to match that tone and language, which I think is funny. So if you like that, check it out. And they're ultimately trying to, this journey, take this journey to this mountain that <clears throat> is hailed as uh, where the Chosen One is supposed to go to help the anthropomorphic people. Uh, because their land, which floats above uh, land, has fallen. And they have to... Figure out how to put their world back together, and the chosen one's supposed to help with that. <clears throat> so this is a journey, and as the this young dog-like anthropomorphic character is a apprentice in the magic realm. So magic is definitely an element here, which I actually enjoy because I'm not the biggest fan of comics that just stick with all in magic in there as their primary element. But this just kind of dances with it a little bit, just kind of plays with it. And this, uh, this young character, the apprentice, is getting stronger and stronger as they approach this mountain. The Eye of Sauron. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, as they get closer, that statue-like character just explodes. And they don't really explain it, but you know what? I was okay with that. And our dogs, uh, the dog's powers become more powerful. He protects them from this explosion. And then there's this crazy, like, sheep animal, that, like a ram, that comes along and is sort of possessed and attacks them at first. And again, our dog character is just coming through with some solid magic. So it's fun. It has that ma magic element. And it's a it's a trippy story. And there's a giant monster that comes out here. that I don't want to describe it because uh, you got to kind of see it. It's a trip and it's well drawn. So just fun, fantasy, magic, anthropomorphic animals, road trip, good time. So check it out. Here's my official review of that. Autumn Lands, number 10. That's why it's my number 9. And uh, coming in at number 8 from Boom Studios, number 4 of 4. So this is a wrap-up of The Last Contract. This is uh, written and lettered by Ed Brisson, illustrated by Lissandro Estherin. And gorgeous, gritty, dark, gruesome, noir-like art. This is the story of Tommy Lee Jones, basically, as a hitman. I totally see this as a movie that has tried to retire to get out of the business and run the straight and narrow life. But the business pulls him back in. And he is, he killed this man and the, the man had a young son and he decides that as part of his attempt at redemption, that's what this is really about, an old man trying to redeem, trying to make it to heaven. 
he tries to save the young boy of this man that he killed. And this is a big reveal in that the boy really knew, knew that, because you, you thought he maybe didn't know, because he, the young boy was, uh, was fine with the old man, trying to keep him safe from these, this basically group of, of organized crime uh, group that is chasing them and trying to kill them and is slowly killing people that he knew. And the old man, Tommy Lee Jones here, is just trying to keep this boy alive. And he also has sort of his ex-partner who is a younger girl that is, they've been threatened, they've threatened her family and she has to kill the old man as well. So it's just this crazy mess of these organized crime guys following this old man. Old man's trying to keep the kid alive. And this woman that's his ex-partner has to kill him to protect her family. And this all comes to an end here. So it's a very dense story. It, The old man is very likable. He has this hound dog that he just absolutely loves. And you're just continually through this entire four issues of this comic worried that they're going to kill the hound dog. I'm not going to tell you if they do or not. But great story here. It's so easily going to be a movie one day. I'm sure the rights have already been grabbed. And Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> there's really no, he has no affiliation, but I just think he would fit the role perfectly. Just kind of an old codger that just kind of hates everyone, <laughs> but loves his dog and loves this young boy that he's trying to save. So it's action packed, it's adventure, it's fun, it's, it's messed up, violent, and over the top gruesome. But it was a ton of fun and I'll miss it. And it's most definitely over, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. <laughs> So, coming in at number 7 from Image Comics is Black Road, written by Brian Wood, the guy that does Starve, which I'm going to talk about later. This is sort of set in like the Viking sort of era, the, the Holy War sort of time frame, whereas the Christians are sort of on a path to taking over the world. <laughs> and this is a story of a man... That is burying his wife here at the beginning. So, man, hit you hard at the beginning. This man is burying a loved one or a sister. I'm not really sure. But burying a woman. And you're, like, immediately drawn in by that. So that, to me, just was like, okay, the scene is set. And then you get a glimpse into their world. Yeah, it's blacksmiths in this town. It's gruesome. It's uh, It has that sort of brave heart time zone feeling. Not sure if they really explain. There's a gigantic paragraph in the beginning that really sets the tone. I, when I see a gigantic half a page paragraph at the beginning of a, a comic, though, I usually roll my eyes and sigh <laughs> immediately. It's because, like, wow, that's some heavy dialogue. But it was interesting. It was light. It wasn't heavy. Read it. Uh, don't be scared by it. Don't be scared. But he ultimately, this character is sort of questioning his religion and wondering what path he should follow. And. He sort of a, has a reputation of being a, a gun for hire, a sword for hire, because that's that's what is used in this world. And this reverend asks him to take him through the Black Road. And the reverend has another name for it, but it's known as the Black Road, because there are marauders, best way to describe them, that sort of own the road, I guess, or kill you when you walk the, the Black Road. So... He agrees because he really wants to talk to the Reverend more and ask him about religion. So, tackles a pretty heavy-duty topic right here, religion. You don't see that quite often in comics. And he's questioning his faith. And, of course, not very long into the Black Road, just things go bad. And these, their marauders are ensued. 
And uh, the Reverend doesn't do very well, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then uh, our main character is even sort of clunked over the head and it awakens to the Reverend's daughter. And the daughter sort of sets him on another path and even inspires him more to have faith. And so he's on this, on a holy journey here, in a way. And that's why I dug it. And it's heavy stuff, and it dips into religion, and it's, uh, you know, this Norse sort of world is bleak and, and gruesome, but fantastic and fun. And I can see this as a movie already, because it's just has this journey and this black road, and I gotta know where this goes. So, uh, and by the way, art by Art End Cover, Gary Brown, fantastic. Colors by Dave McCaig. So very well done. That's why it's a top pick. Uh, you gotta, you gotta buy all these so far. So very, very good. So that's why it made my number seven. And uh, number six <laughs> from Dark Horse Comics. Number one, House of Penance. This is art by Peter Tomasi, or written by Peter Tomasi. Story and words, art by Ian Bertram. And this has a trippy art style. Very strange. This whole story is crazy. This is the crazy pick of the week right here. How can I encapsulate this? There's this woman that is a Winchester. Her husband and child have been killed, and the bodies have been delivered, and the Lady Winchester seems to just kind of run this town. She has a lot of money, a gigantic estate, and she is quite the kook. That's ultimately what's going on here. She has laborers that work on the house. She goes through this really extensive interview process to hire these laborers and there's some racist laborers and she won't have any of that so she has this set of rules for I guess she must pay them very well because the line is long and people want to work for her and they're having they're doing all kinds of weird construction in her home she's building a house of strange and that's just the intro and then we're introduced to this insane cowboy that's just murdering Indians and you're like wow I was a little shocked He's just slaying them left and right. <clears throat> and one of them even has a kid. And this guy has no remorse, no moral compass. We have no idea why he's just slaying these Indians and shooting them from really far away. Which he has a scope on his rifle, which I thought was kind of strange because it seems a little far back. But this is the sort of, is this in any way based on the Winchester family that created the Winchester rifles? I don't know. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Google it. And you should too. But after this guy slays, uh, which looks like an entire sort of small village of Indians, he leaves one guy alive with a head wound, and then he's moseys on this cowboy. That's right. Best way to describe it. He moseys. And uh, then we're back to the Winchester House of Weird, and it, she's putting her house together like a Salvador Dali painting with staircases that go nowhere and rooms that have to be done a certain way or she freaks out and has crazy nightmares and wakes up in the middle of the night. And her servants are continually rolling their eyes and, and looking at her strange. And this, I gotta know where this goes. And there's also this strange thing going on in town where you just, the action word is just blam, 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 over and over and over again. It looks like there are constantly people shooting each other, but you're not quite sure. And she's even, she has a rule in her house too that they can't have any other weapon but a Winchester. So she takes their weapons, empties it into this strange sort of cauldron where she puts all the the gunpowder from the bullets in there and keeps the casings and such and this weird sort of recycling strange very alien looking room where she has this sort of 
seance with other people's weapons, and I think she's probably melting them down, but this is a house of weird, but interesting enough to keep me wanting to read more of this and know what Lady Winchester does. And of course, the murderous cowboy comes to House of Winchester, so that's what, and that's only the, not even towards the end, that's not really blowing anything. But check this comic out, House of Penance, number one. It's added to my pull list, I am in. Art's pretty crazy. Uh, it has a very scratchy sort of style, a lot of close-ups on the face to give this haunting look. But I dug it. I'm in. House of Pen Penance, number one. So coming in at, uh, where are we? Number four, I think, or five. Let's see. Where are we? Yeah, top four. Here we go. Number four is from Marvel Comics, Silver Surfer. And it's the 50th anniversary of Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer number three. 50 years of Silver Surfer, that's pretty cool. And this is by the All Reds, which are just a fantastic husband-wife team. If you haven't read anything from the All Reds, your life is lacking some awesome. You need to put more awesome in it and read things that the All Reds do. Dan Slott is the writer here who does Spider-Man, and I, I, I dig his work. He's done Spider-Man for years now. And Michael Allred is the color artist, and they call, he just titles himself Storyteller here, but usually his uh, wife... Laura, yeah, she does the color. So they're a fantastic team. Work so well together. It's uh, I met them at a con, the loveliest couple you'll ever meet. And they it, it comes across in the love that they spew onto their comics. And it's I mean that in a good way. <laughs> and this is just a beautiful rainbow of bright colors. That's exactly what you want, or I want, in a Silver Surfer comic. So you'll enjoy that very thing all by itself. So aliens are invading. <clears throat> Silver Surfer is intervening. And this is like the tale of his three or two exes and current girlfriend. There's a lot of awkwardness there with the uh, his Shala Ball from his from Zenla from the planet that he's originally from shows up on Earth with a mission to wipe Earth of all of its culture with the support of this alien group that just mind washes everyone and steals all their the culture from the planet so that they're happier, safer, disease-free, war-free but turns them into mindless autotons, basically. And she is, uh, Shalabal is also wants to do this. She feels that the planet needs it. It should be the right thing, that, that Earth has been warring and or Earth is destroying itself. And so she really is, uh, she believes in her cause. And Silver Surfer says, I will stand with Earth. And a great splash page they have there where he, he uh, says no, because she's saying, hey, join me. This is good. This is what Earth needs. Let's... Let's just wipe it out, <laughs> you know, like so casually. I love that. And yeah, Silver Surfer is going to battle the Thing. So the Thing is already brainwashed, and uh, Ben Grimm is is uh, yeah, just fisticuffing here with Silver Surfer, and uh, they're pretty close in sort of strength because they're battling for quite some time. And it's a, it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's glorious. Their fight just goes from page to page. A lot of big splashes, and. Shala uh, gets the ex-girlfriend Alicia involved, which Alicia is, was with Ben and with with Norrin Rad, uh, Silver Surfer, and uh, she's there, and so is the current girlfriend, Don Greenwood, who travels around space with with the Silver Surfer, doing good deeds with him. Kind of cool. He just takes his girlfriend on these cosmic adventures, and he's just trying to hit Ben hard enough for him to wake up and smell himself and it's not happening so he calls in the Avengers they're all there everyone's there Lady Thor Daredevil Miles Morales Spider-Man She-Hulk 
the Vision, Iron Man, everyone's there, and they're quickly converted to mindless uh, autotons immediately because they're within Earth's atmosphere. And what they are converted to is kind of a trip. Like, that was an interesting page I looked at over and over and over again because they are sort of re... Their, their DNA is restructured to the alien technology, and it's uh, they all have their still their superhero outfits, but they're changed. So I can see a what if spinoff from this coming. The All Reds are probably already writing it, aren't you? I know you are, but uh, I'm, I want it. I'm in. <laughs> I'll take my money. But this has uh, Silver Surfer in that heroic sort of realm here, and I dig it. He knows he has to sacrifice sort of all of his powers and his board. To save the day here and it's more complicated than that I'm simplifying so I don't spoil all of it because it's really good and it's bittersweet and it ends or question mark and yeah it's a it's a great fight it's a great battle the uh, the woman of his you know he was betrothed to betrothed is is following him to earth and believes in her mission to wipe out all of art and what makes earth beautiful and it's actually Alicia, the ex-girlfriend of Silver Surfer Norn Rad, that makes that that has that statement there that I really dug. It was well written about how why Earth is worth it, why our art is so important, why we are who we are, and humans love and laugh and kill and eat, and but we're full of passion and it's our it's our heart and it's our love and it's it's who we are. It's and and uh, I like that she stood up for humans there and tried to make her case, but yeah, no, the battle continues on. But anyway, very, very good. Tons of fun. Happy 50th anniversary, Silver Surfer. Norrin Rad. Enjoyed it. What a great time. Even the cover has sort of the Ben Grimm, the thing's skin written out in the back of him. 50th anniversary. It's kind of weird when you really think about it. But it's like his rock sort of skin. But uh, all rids in the zone. So check out, check out Silver Surfer. It's fantastic. Put it on your pull. It's amazing. So here we go. Top three now. And let me tell you, the top three were so good. Starve is number three. Issue number eight from Image Comics from Brian Wood. And art by the name that is... Try to pronounce this name. I want to hear someone pronounce this name properly, and I apologize every time I say it. Danijel Zhezhezhez. It's literally that spelling. D-A-N-I-J-E-L-Z-E-Z-E-L-J. Zelj? It's crazy. But this is coming to an end. They announced that issue 10 will be the final starve. And right off the bat, this has our main character, Krushak, making ramen. I love ramen. If, if uh, you know any good ramen places, just tell them. Let me know. I'm going to go there. We have an in Hacienda Heights that we love called Ajison. I have to give him a shout out. Fantastic Japanese ramen. Go there. Hacienda Heights, Ajison. Tell them Chris from the Sunspots Comics sent you. They'll really look at you funny because they hardly speak English. But he makes this ramen here that got my mouth watering. I wrote down what he did here. He puts in some hard-boiled eggs in this ramen. It's like the traditional brick of ramen noodles. But he puts a little bit of chives in there, some onions, some, some mushrooms. Ugh, hard-boiled eggs. He just takes this ramen and makes it super ramen. And I need it in my life immediately, and I'm hungry right now. And he, uh, it's like a recipe. He even writes down buttered toast broth, honey bacon, six-minute egg so it's a fantastic little recipe so weird that it gets you salivating for food and then boom put you right back into the world where the TV show Starve is screwing up Krushank's life <clears throat> he has sort of walked away from this reality show right now where he hasn't even finished uh, his contract to open up 
a chicken restaurant in what looks like downtown LA. And he's really getting the community involved. He again is also seeking redemption, trying to make it to heaven. In the early number one, two, he was on this crazy drug-induced alcohol bender and uh, sexual journey even. And he decided to get his life back together to try to learn who his 18-year-old daughter is and make amends with his ex-wife. And that's all kind of behind him now. And the ex-wife, they've settled. He just sort of gave up his empire for the most part and all the millions. Gave it to his ex-wife, walked away, made peace, said he forgave her, which was fantastic. And in this... He's reaching out to the community. He's partnering with fresh food sources and trying to give people real food with real ingredients and nothing really super fancy and nothing they can't afford. And I just dig that conceptually. I just like that he's trying to make the world a little bit better with real fresh ingredients and real food. And he's kind of already walking away from this restaurant. He's stepped in. He's setting it up as a co-op. He's giving it to the neighborhood for them to be equal owners of this thing. <clears throat> and he is um, really redeeming himself. He's become a character that was not very likable at the beginning. And then through this journey, you legitimately dig him in a way that didn't seem, you know, fake or, or, or stuck in your face constantly that he's going to be a better person. There's, there's times where he most definitely takes the road of the dark and you think he's not going to stick with trying to better his life. And he does. And so this, he's, he's passing the torch to the local neighborhood and taken over this chicken restaurant and then we're thrust back into where his 18 year old daughter is on the show filling in for him like she's there and she's signed contracts now she's like signed with the devil she's given in and he doesn't quite know that yet and which is crazy great writing very deep here and they he just sort of reconciled with his daughter and and is getting to know her again and is in her life and then he just sort of disappears again on this let's make a let's make an awesome fried chicken place and at the end of the last issue, he was beaten up with bats from some people in the from the network because he walked away. And so he's coming at them. He's They're in a boardroom meeting, and he's got a baseball bat that they beat him with. And he's in there smashing tables. He's making, he's making noise, and he's telling them, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm done. I'm walking away. And uh, what you're doing to my daughter is not happening. So he's got to now he's, – he's walking away from his contract there. He's, 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 his life is on a great path, and – but – a crazy path and so where's it gonna go from here I you know two more issues I can't wait so so fantastic that's why it's my number three star from Brian Wood beautiful beautiful work number eight of ten coming to an ending soon number two is Harrow County seems like they're always up there on the top there from Colin Bunn written by Colin Bunn art by Tyler Crook this is the art cover of the, of the week which is this snake this asp that's like shooting lightning out of its mouth or venom or fire and uh, I dig snakes. I love them. I used to have snakes as pets. I used to live in a city where I could uh, go into sort of the nearby wood and find snakes. Yeah, I found snakes. I'd bring them home and <laughs> put them in boxes, put them in broken aquariums. I just love snakes. And I'm scared to death of them at the same time, but I love them and I've had them as pets. And this is very. This story is very much focused on these sort of evil snakes that that evil witch brought into Harrow County. And... We have a good witch that's basically contained them in jars over the years. And she's very old now. And our friend of our main character, the I want to say her name was Bessie. I could be wrong on that. Bernice. That's her name. She's She was friend of the, the main character in Harrow County, was a young girl witch that was the offspring or the birth of from that evil witch that destroyed this, this city, this county. 
and Bernice was the friend of the young witch, and she's now, now looks like going to be the chosen one to take over the job of finding these evil witch snakes and putting them in jars, because the, the lady that is a good witch was bit, and they think she's all bad in this town, which she really, she really isn't. She's really trying to help people, and she really contains these jars, but how easy would it be to think someone is absolutely evil that keeps a ton of live snakes in jars, but she's really there trying to clean up the city, keep people safe? Because in the last issue, someone was bit by one of those snakes and almost became this crazy monster, and she helped them. But Bernice has uh, been given the task of finding a couple of these snakes that are loose, and so she takes on this task, and it's it's done in a real way. It's not like she's so just, I'm heroic and jumping in there. You can see her hesitation and she's scared with all the beautiful emotions that that Tyler has drawn here. You see the you see it in her eyes. The, the drawing is the, the art is fantastic here. You have to check it out. Like I said, it goes from very dark and ominous where these evil possums are following her. Evil possums. Now possums are nasty. I've seen them around from where I'm from and uh, I mean you shake a stick at them, sometimes they charge. <laughs> I've seen possums do it, it's crazy. But uh, then you just whack them with a stick and you're fine. But Because um, <laughs> you're protecting yourself, you have to, with crazy possums. But anyway, so it's even tapping into some uh, into some crazy fears of mine. It's a pack of, of charging possums here, coming after Bernice. And there's even a flashback, which is in glorious light here, and it shows like the beautiful days, the good old days where the evil witch walks into this town and they don't show her face and that just adds to the tension, adds to the horror which is great, they just kind of show her, her smile and these, these teeth and the, her like Medusa-like hair and you can see a snake pop out just gruesome but, but not overly, it's just enough to be sort of spooky and creepy that's why I love this, I know it's in the genre of horror but I don't know that it takes that over-the-top horror gruesomeness it just takes this Spooky, very laid-out storytelling, very character-driven. It's I couldn't say more positive things about it, <clears throat> but get it immediately. So she does take over this duty. What she's going to do and how she's going to help. It still seems like the evil essence of that evil witch that was hung and buried at this tree, but then uh, it seems like it's like a, she's slowly coming back in her presence into this into Harrow County. So. Maybe that's where it's going, and uh, I, I hope so. There's no end in sight. This is a great ongoing series. It's epic. It's sweeping. It's fantastic. It's going to be Eisner winner. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a TV show. It's all optioned. I have looked into it. Harrow County is being made, I think, into a Cinemax TV show, if I remember. But it's 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 going to happen, folks. So we're going to be watching it in all kinds of forms. But here we go. The number one. This was my favorite pick of the week. The number one comic book this week was Moon Knight number one. Written by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire, Lemire has done a ton of fantastic work. You have to look into, say, Sweet Tooth. Just something that pops right into my head that he's done. Uh, to Bloodstrike, the Valiant uh, title. And this is amazing. This is like One Flew, one flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is what it reminds me of. It's a, a mental... A mental ward, a, a psychiatric unit, and Mark Spector is there, and he's having a conversation with Khonshu, this Egyptian god that gives Mark Spector his Moon Knight powers. But he's in a psychiatric ward, and he's having this crazy dream. Is he talking to Khonshu? We're not sure, but he has a very vivid dream of Khonshu with this, like, 
vulture skull on his head and that white on white suit. And there's a lot of white space in this comic, which really just makes the moments jump right out. And I love it. There's, there's splashes of color, but then other times it's almost black and white, which is that accent of red, which I love when they do that. But you have the most hated, <clears throat> the most jerky characters in this, these two workers in the psychiatric ward, that are beating the crap out of Mark Spector, because they can. And then they drug him, which it looks like they give him heroin or something. It doesn't seem like they, they're giving him his daily dose of an oral pill. It's like they're shooting him up and keeping him mentally just just, you know, laid out and can't move and out of commission. And then they just beat the hell out of him. And, uh, it's, you know, there's there's blood flying. It's gruesome. So you've never... I mean, I always say this, that comics with villains that you really hate really say something and they really become amazing stories because you really have to hate a villain for a story to be really good. And these two guys that work in this psychiatric unit oh, are just... They're just scumbags. And so, yeah, you hate them immediately because Mark Spector's in this psychiatric ward being beaten, being drugged, and then they're even, <clears throat> they're shocking him. It's just shocking. Uh, they, they lay him on a table and they're just frying him, not asking him anything, just torturing him in this psychiatric ward. And then you get the One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest moment where you're sort of introduced to characters there and he meets a group of people in the psychiatric ward and some that are having conversations with themselves and just kind of cuckoo moments. And Mark is there, but believes uh, because Khonshu speaks to him that he's on this mission, that he needs to escape this. And there's a man that he's introduced to that sort of tells him that he knows who he is. He knows that he is the chosen one from Khonshu. He knows that he's Moon Knight. And he needs to plan an escape. And you're like, man, this old man like knows everything. <clears throat> well, guess what? The, our, our two buddies, our two uh, workers uh, in the psychiatric unit, heard the whole conversation, and so more beatings ensue. And and they tell him, don't say where you got beat up, because now you have your psychiatric appointment. And she is telling him, ultimately, and here you go, spoiler warning, guys, but you, uh, you know, that he's, uh, he's schizophrenic, that Moon Knight is a complete, you know, fabrication in his brain and he's been in the psychiatric unit psychiatric unit since he was 12 years old so they do a great job he, uh, you got to give jeff lemire props here for doing a great job of what is reality what is not reality is it real is it not real he sees this landscape of new york this skyscape and it looks like egypt infused with new york and is it real <clears throat> and the new moon knight outfit where he just tears up a bunch of sheets and he's wearing these white scrubs it works. It's uh, it just kind of reminds me of the Elephant Man, which uh, still scares the hell out of me to this day. Gruesome movie, Elephant Man. <clears throat> Don't see it; it'll haunt your dreams. But um, yeah, this uh is definitely playing with that. What he sees when he puts the mask on, he sees that that e Egypt slash New York cityscape, and all of the psychiatric ward employees look have those heads of those Egyptian gods, those dogs. Uh, that are always in statues of everything Egypt, but he flashes back to reality and New York looks normal. <clears throat> so is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Is Moon Knight all in his head? Uh, you don't know. Art here, by the way, too. Uh, Greg Smallwood. Got to give it up for Greg Smallwood. A lot of white space and <clears throat> great facial features, the anger, the confusion. You got to sell it in Mark Spector's eyes to where... 
he doesn't know what reality is. Uh, he, he, he thinks he knows what reality is at first, and then he's beaten, and you see that look in his face. You're mad here when you see him just continually get beaten and tortured and shocked. And it was really evoking emotion, so that's why it was easily the number one pick of the week. So well done. This, the, the prior series of Moon Knight, the last ten issues, have been solid and consistent and exciting and fun. Netflix has to grab this. This just so easily could be a Netflix series. They probably already optioned it. It's probably already done, right? Are you listening, Netflix? If you don't, I'm sure you've already signed for it. But that's why it's my number one pick of the week. It was a doozy, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So please go and buy all these comic books at your local comic book shop. These are all my recommendations for April 13th. And they were so good. 19 this week, but it didn't even feel like it. It was awesome. Please see all my past favorite picks of the weeks on sunspotscomics.com. Click on Top Comic Books of the Week, and you'll see everything I've picked from the dawn of time to now. And even see my poll list. Just click poll list. You'll see that there. And if you have questions, concerns, recommendations, or you have just a question that you has been bugging you, or trivia, anything related to comic books, or whatever's on your brain, just email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Like Michael Norris. Thanks again, Michael Norris, for writing in. And Calvin and Hobbes, summertime. I'm on it. And uh, and also, I'll send you a little prize, just for a little comic book-related uh, prize. I'll mail it to you personally, just for emailing me. Of course, if I do read it on the podcast. And thank you for everyone that's written in so far with just your positiveness. I appreciate it. And don't forget, the contest, May 4th, is the last date. That's when the winner will be announced to win our mystery comic book, uh, comic book box. I'm going to put a, another picture up soon, and there's going to be t-shirts and Loot Crate stuff and just fun comic book things in there uh, valued at close to 100 bucks. So if you haven't entered already, do it. Just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sunspotscomics. Join us. Give us a little five-star review. And next week, April 20th, I'm going to be reading only 11 comics, but there are three number ones, I think, coming out that I'm going to check out that I won't announce what they are yet, but... April 20th is looking like a great week with 11 comics, so you got to tune in next week. So check it out and be there, or be square. <laughs> so please, tell some friends, uh, join us next week, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time. So we'll catch you later, and see you on the flip side. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> see ya. Later. Later.